here. Let's be present in the moment before we start, both of us together, Paul. Please, look me in the eye. I don't want to. I know you don't want to, but this is the point. I don't want to do this this week. I I'm know, going to be honest you with never you. want to do it. No, I do always want to do it. I'm just tired. I'm just having a long weekend, all right? Let Daddy Gannon... You've always had a long weekend. ...have a hush-low-shush-shush time. I ha- I'm not hungover. I just want not hush-shush-shush Wait, 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 wait. You're not hungover. Wow. You are in a state of being which millions of people share daily. All I'm saying is, Paul, we need a moment (sighs) to bond as friends beyond the podcast, just as mates having a laugh, yeah? Doing something we How do we do this now, then? Just look at me. (laughs) Let's just before we start, okay? So let's do the cold open now. I'm not clapping you sarcastically. I'm doing the clap, 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 as in edit. Don't do the slow clap. Don't well do the slow done. clap. I'm not proud of what I just did. Now we do it. Yeah, now right, we do it. Yeah. You had it going. Yeah, I've had it going the whole fucking time. Of course <laughs> I, I know, have. because you're like, oh, I'm, I'm Paul. Ooh, eyebrows. Doctor, doctor, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my eyebrow voice. Dr. Spotlight It's not came. your normal fucking voice. Dr. Spotlight came to me, and that's how I turned Good. it on. I'm feeling a little uh, lift of Dr. Spotlight myself right yes. now, Paul. So, mate, how's the... Mate. Oh. Maybe that's a character for later, Dr. Spotlight. He comes in, makes everything no. better. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm Dr. Spotlight. How are you feeling today? Dr. Spotlight, we instructed you to wait. I've given up on it. (laughs) Given up on Dr. Spotlight. The problem with it is Dr. Spotlight is a a thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I've realised it. I've realised it. Anyway, in talking about the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Because you did one last week, so it's my turn this week. No, he's been hanging around. Ernest, but he... It's not his he, name. That wasn't his name from last week. Don't you remember? It was Roderick Ross Roderick or whatever no, it was, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Roderick Ron Roderick. Don't... It was. <laughs> you were trying to do Roderick Ron Roderick. It was not Honorick Ron Roderick. <laughs> it should have been Honorick Ron Roderick. Honorick Ron Roderick will show up one of these days and you'll be fucking sorry when he does. Well, okay? good. Why? What's his USP? He writes you papers. Don't... He, he writes, writes papers. papers he's about a, he's what? an academic. Is he? I remember what he writes papers about, Paul. Yes. Yes. He writes papers about the significance of source to this podcast we do. (laughs) You want him in? You want him in, Paul? Because he's my number number one made-up fictional source academic. Welcome to Cheap Show. This week's episode, I don't want to do. (laughs) Press the fucking credits. and words and phrases. Two things I'm responsible for. Chodney, Chodney Borough. I hate you. You're fucking evil posse. Jeep show tonight. It's the price of shite. Didn't we have a lovely day the day we went to Cheap Show? It's Cheap Show time, the economy comedy podcast where I, Paul Gannon, and my good friend Eli Silverman... That's me, everybody. Hi. ...go through the charity shops, bargain bins, and pound lands of Great Britain and bring you back the treasure we find amongst that trash. And boy howdy, 
have we got some weird curios for you today. We got curios. It's a curios episode. You got some curios? I did. I don't. I, I felt like this episode could be vaguely vague. We always get PO box stuff coming in. We love it. Keep it coming. But every now, we haven't actually grabbed anything ourselves in a while, have we? What does a Victorian granddad? Oh, here eat? we go. <laughs> You weren't listening. <laughs> You're inside your head and you just thought, I've got this. Eat for breakfast. Sorry, start, start again. What does a, a Victorian antiquarian granddad uh, uh, eat for breakfast? Does it matter? Curios. <laughs> mm. I'm Sorry, mull- everyone. I'm, I'm mulling it over. Mm. <laughs> it's not bad, is it? It's your kind of gig. I do like yeah, it. Yeah, you do like it. But it, it just needs a little bit of a sizzle. It's the it's the um Wait, what curios? Cheerios. Cheerios. Yes. Yeah, okay. Actually, doesn't matter, you could say what would a Victorian man like for breakfast? Cheerios? No, they don't that Cheerios. Was, I think Cheerio is First World War or something, isn't it? I don't know. Cheerio no. laugh. Cheerio I'm off to get murdered. Oh, I'm gonna fight for the old, old, old king of country. Oh, Cheerio, mother, I'm cheerio. off to the war. Ew, cheerio. Two months later. Oh, a letter's come in the post. We regret to inform you, your cheery son is dead. <laughs> Cheerio! Cheerio, he's uh, dead. Oh, my word. Well, what mm. a great What were you saying before when I was thinking of that joke? I don't know. Something about stuff you I brought. don't listen to myself either way. No, what I said was, we keep it vague. We have P.O. Box stuff come in, but we very rarely these days buy stuff for each other to go, look what I've found, look what I've got. Um, I don't know about you, Paul, but I have a problem. Yeah. I mean, you're just, that's uh, not, it's a dishonesty. You know, the dishonesty We're is... constantly buying crap in charity shops and sending each other photos of it. True. We? we live this. We yeah? live this. Okay, it's... I'm going to look to the middle distance and say just to our there. listeners, we're living this. We're it's living the charity this. shop tat lifestyle down to a tea. Down to a secondhand golf tea. We're living this. actually cupping. Yeah, we are. We're cupping. <laughs> you weren't listening to me then, no, were you? No, it's Paul. Because sometimes when you go into your little thing now, I just go, oh, he's going to be at this for a while, so I can just go to Happy I Land in I my had head. nothing there. You've got to see how strong it is when I start. I heard the bit when you said cupping. That was and a good a, bit. No, cupping was a dead end. The dead end, well... Mm, As it often is. Dead end cupping, come to my house. Don't know where <laughs> I'm going with this. <laughs> Ah, we're getting straight in. Yes, right in. What we're doing today is, I've got you a uh, meek, uh, what do we call it? A meekasa sukasa. A meekasa sukasa. It's just a meekasa to you, Kasa, isn't but that's it? That's fine, because you've done the same to me in the past. So maybe this is a <laughs> charity shop showcase with an added bonus in that you can take away both, neither, or one of the items I oh, got. Oh, I see. That's All the right? little game. So let's it? say it's a charity shop showcase with an added, you can have one of these if you want it, kind of addendum. Oh, I, I, do I have to give you and one you, of mine then? And you know I like my addendums. Oh, you love a dangling addendum. And then after that, once we've shared and, and contrasted what we've got, uh, I've got three Paul's page turners, oh, which yes. we will work into a little mini price of shite. A little just price really of like. shite for me to guess the prices of these um, these paperbacks, are they all? Yes. Three paperbacks, three prices, three separate little narratives. It's all coming up here on Cheap Show. And now yeah. for my addendum rhyme. Swing your addendum. Uh, no. Oh, I had to apprehend them. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to let you see this through. Because every week, mate, it's getting to the point where I think you're driving yourself mad. I think you're generally I know. using this podcast as a way to like purge yourself of certain pent-up emotions during the week. It's just... I know. It's, it's weird, though. We didn't used to be like this, where we talk shit for a bit, and then one of us snaps. That's not healthy, is it? No, it's not. It's not it's healthy. Not. In episode 78, one of us just doesn't go, oh, go bitch, and then snap. 
scream guttering. No, I'm on board, Paul. I'm back. <laughs> right. So, do you want to present your item first before I oh, show got... you my two? Let me just have a look in my bag. See what yeah. Because we're just going to get into it. Show us what's in your... Oh, it's a whole filled bag. Oh, I've got basically three things. Okay. Three things in the bag, Paul. Show me your three things. Edit. We'll come into our, my two things. Uh, first thing... Um, Microphone. Which I found around the corner uh, where they have amazing drops. Because you know what it is there? Yeah. There is no filter between no. someone... Dropping um, a bag off and then and get it on the shelf. out on the shelf. I've seen my own stuff. That yeah. Go out within the day. In and out. So... They don't and they don't look at it. They don't they don't check prices for things. No. Most of the stuff's crap. But you've got like these weird collections of children's toys and stuff. And this came in. Oh yes, you have shown me this. This, yeah. this Svengali board ga- uh, card, card game. game. Except it's not a card game. It's by a company called Child's Play. Right. It's in a little um like a top plastic. trumps. It's case. very much like a top trunks um or top trumps. <laughs> Top Trunks is all about oh, the yeah. best things to wear in the pool. Uh, top Trunks, Top Trumps. <laughs> top Trumps Trunks. About elephants and... Uh, and uh, cases to put treasure in. No, this is by a company called Child's Play I've never heard of. Never heard of. And they are little... It has the feel of something sort of prototypey. You know, with the way with well, this... okay, let's get, skip to the chase. Basically, remember in Ghostbusters, where it's like the wavy cards and the thing like that, and you have to kind of use psychic abilities to guess the patterns on the card that you can't see? It's effectively that. It's a card game trying to make a game out of a faux science psychic test. I'll read it to you. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a little scorecard. Rules card, sorry. Yeah. Svengali. Svengali cards, they're called. But I didn't think that was a Svengali, because in modern parlance, a Svengali is someone who's like a, a manager. Or someone who does something for it, another artist. You no, know? well, there's also like the Svengali in terms of like you are a um, almost Machiavellian business-minded kind of hustler yes. kind of guy. Yeah. But again, that's not really related to the what this game is. This game is. is. So I'll just uh, read yeah. a little bit of this for you. Uh, Svengali, a telepathy game. Mm. Aim. It's just a low aim in this. Uh, quite aim. an easy aim. And yeah. it's to transmit or receive shapes and colours by telepathy, Paul. Yeah. That's what you're meant to do. Yeah. That's what you do, you know. We get, Give the kids... To, any old, we could all just read each other's minds like kids, that. Kids, kids, get the kids practising telepathy from an early age yeah. and then they're fucking Akira. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no they, they are. are. Uh, contents, you've got 36 of these cards. Now, this isn't the... Famous design, which no. you get from the beginning of Ghostbusters. Yeah, there's a name for those cards. And I just can't be asked it's to look. It's probably just the doctor's name who invented them because yeah. they were and they were sort of they were meant to be a standard way of testing ESP. Because back throughout a lot of the 20th century, ESP and t- telepathy and other sort of uh, pseudoscience, Zener cards. Thank you, Zener cards. Thank you. Were um, put it what this way the. Um, <laughs> Someone just listened to Trancy Old House Music or no, something. Really? It was like it was in my head. That yeah, was that so loud weird. in here. Weird I thought it, it was a thought I was having. It was very strange the way that sound entered into yeah. here. They thought that telepathy and other uh, things like that, paranormal things, they still hadn't decided whether it was real science. Yeah, no, there were still point, people doing it... serious scientific, yeah, uh, peer-reviewed testing of all of that yeah. back then, and then none of that turned up anything. And no, that's why they don't do it anymore. Work. And now it's considered complete pseudoscience. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. pseudoscience. But again, this is what this game is based on. You have to hold up a card in front of your friend, stare at it, and go, "What am I thinking of?" Based on what's on the card, and the card's like a triangle uh, of a certain color with a different shape in the middle of a different no, color. Different, there's all, always a shape within a shape, like two different triangle colors. with a circle in the middle, basic circle, squares, and triangles. And I that's think it. That's so, it. you would hold you know, just out of just randomly, Eli, grab a card and try and transmit that to my head, and I'll have a guess. I'll use my psychic powers. 
I've got one. Uh, okay, you got to transmit I'm it to me. It. Are you, you, yeah. Uh, it's a Are you red, a, taking it, a shit right it's now. It's all. Uh, <laughs> Are uh, you squeezing one out, Paul? Because oh. you did. I thought you'd done enough damage to the flat earlier. Mate, you have no idea the piping I laid. It was one. It was a one piece. It was a one piece punch. It was indeed. What is the shape within a shape that I'm transmitting? I'm seeing a square. And uh, and in that square, inside the square, is, I'm seeing a triangle. And the colour of the square? Yellow, blue, yellow, <laughs> yellow square, blue triangle. Yellow square, blue triangle. Yes. Oh, it's a red triangle, yellow circle within. But so there are, there are actually two games. There are two games here. Yeah. Uh, one is called Sixth Sense, weirdly, and yeah. one is called Svengali. Either way, it's a load of. So the first bollocks. one, you take the top card and you try and transmit it. Yeah, bollocks. And then Svengali, one player, the Svengali, transmits the shapes and colours as above, but this time the receiver tries to give the wrong answer. So, so basically... For the each al- consecutive wrong answer, the receiver scores a point. What the fuck is going on? So the idea is you get... You, is that you, some kind of logic game that they've sort of smuggled in so that there's some kind of play? Well, no. It's basically saying the odds of you guessing the right card are as probably as... as what's the word? Are, are reduced compared to... Guessing wrong all the time and accidentally being You're more correct. likely to get it wrong, aren't you? Because it's less specific. Yeah. Oh, uh, no. That's, but then that no. would be like, then, oh, I've accidentally guessed it correctly. You don't get a point, but I've proven you're psychic. It's very strange, isn't it? It's pointless. It's a funny little thing, this. And I've seen, I've just spotted, it says Child's Play, but that's obviously a sub-brand of this company, FX Shand, and it has okay. a little card emblem. So I think they probably make playing cards more. Fair enough. I don't know. It's an interesting little curio, I grant you. Right, uh, what's in your bag? Show us your bag. Next little thing I've got. You know how I like lunchboxes. You do love your little boxes. This is a little in the night garden, a miniature lunchbox. I mean, it is what it is. It's a little tin box. It's very nice. Look, with embossed as a clasp. And it has all the characters from that show I don't watch because it's for children. Rare five pounds, says the sticker on the back. That's the other thing I wanted to mention to you. Rare How is it rare? I think there's just someone in there. Just he's like, oh, it's rare. I don't, yeah. Because when I went to buy it, he went, oh, that's lovely, that is. The guy in the shop, this was Mind in Camden, which is the ultimate funky cult charity shop, isn't it? It is. I mean, that's they had that whole horde of badges that lasted years there. Yeah, I just they got don't that. do the badges no more. What happened to all the badges? They have proper real people who work in that shop. People with life stories etched into their faces, if you know what I mean, Paul. Uh, so I see this on uh, some websites and effectively it's going for like two or three quid. Oh, fuck. Oh, and the one I tried to look for has now been sold. So. I think it's in demand. I mean, we're pushing up the demand as we speak. Probably. Yeah, now people, people are listening people... to this. We've given it the cheap show bump. Everyone's got to want a night garden tin box. It is actually quite a nice thing if you're into these kind of things, Paul. It's got a nice... Which you are. Yes. You like your tins I probably overpaid for it, though. I, I did. Yeah. Uh, but he finally, the guy in the shop said, oh, yeah, that's nice, that. That's uh, Teletubbies. And I said, no, no, it's uh, in the night garden. He went, oh, no, it's Teletubbies, Teletubbies. Uh, Maybe that's why he thought it was rare, because he thought it was yeah. much older than it was. Teletubbies was much before this, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, no, it was mm. the progenitor of that type of kids show. Although in itself, not too different from, like, the Marty Croft stuff, the uh, H.R. Puffin stuff type H.R. Puffin stuff. Really. Well, yeah, it's, it's suit. It's children's stuff yeah. in a suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like aggressively hyper stylized and visualized version. Banana Bunch were essentially that. La, well, la, la, oh, yeah, that's a good point. La, 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 I like that kind of thing. Yeah, it's good. But it has to be a horror now. You can't just have a straight up. No. What was that? Ooga Booga Baga? Or, Don't know. I'm a Booga Baga. Googa Garbaga. <laughs> Babadook? 
No, it was on like Adult Swim, but it was actually for kids or something. No, it was on Nick or one of those. I don't know. And it was called I'm a Bunga Bunga. I don't know. Ooga No, I don't know. And I think you should stop. <laughs> What's the third and final item? Your thitum. You can see photos of all of this stuff. You can. It'll be on our website, thecheapshow.co.uk. Oh, what is it? It's a little walrus. It's a little walrus. It's a little plazy walrus. Very nice. Didn't overpay for that. It must have come from a bigger set of stuff. Well, it was by itself in Rock and Roll Rescue in, in Parkway in Camden. Oh, it's a little... That's it. Just don't know what to say. I mean, it's, it's quite a nice mould, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a tiny, like, nice little mould. Funny how the lines are still hey, there. You should put it in that weird little house thing you bought. You know the thing you showed me in your bedroom? I, should I have brought that along today? It's too late now. You've missed the boat. Oh. Now, this is a... You could live in that little ha- house with the hens. Vet, there's been an update to my collection of plastic uh, walrus-type things. Seals wall-rye. and walruses. Wall-rye. Wall-rye. Multiple walruses are wall-rye. I've got wall-eye. I've got Eli. Are you okay, Paul? <laughs> Paul, this is what I mean about being present. What do you know about getting anyone I'm a present? Si- I'm gonna, I have another little. similar little... Um, plastic seal Creaturette. thing, which I've had for years. In fact, this is what I got from Virgil, my friend who died. Um, his wife gave it to me. Okay. Um, after and look right. at this one. I'm sure I've figured that's good. Oh, you that's have got, shown me this before. It's, it's a little, a little flappy, pink one, and little... it's almost in a manga style, and it's got a little reticulated tail. That one. It's a much better thing. It's, isn't it? What is it? A sea lion of yeah. some sort. Well, a seal, I think. Is. I wonder what you do because it's got a hole in the head. Yeah, I think if you put it in a bath or something, it sort of shoots around or something. Or could you put it on a string? Yeah, I think it's just to hang it on a string. I would put. It's got I'd, a little I'd flappy tail. You like that better than the old old daddy I mean, brown walrus? Just in terms of play, it's, it's more interesting. It's actually a lovely little thing. The way that the hinges work on that, the you little, can on hang the it upside down. Not only is the tail hinged on the little pink it's one, pink. The um, the flippers are also yeah, with little that. plastic hinges. Yeah. yeah, I already said that. Anyway, um, that is my last thing. Right, Paul. right. Don't well, throw it around. It's a tiny little pink thing, mate. It's fine. It's going right, to survive it's my work it. done now. Yeah. What's your you favourite? about how... What's my favourite of those? Yeah. Um, well, that pink, the pink seal doesn't count. No, I've it had doesn't. That for years. It doesn't. But what's your favourite of all it those? It is the lunch, lunch pail. I like what little... What are going to put in it? Rizzler papers, lighters. Basically, yeah. Because yeah. my suitcase one is getting a bit bashed up. I might move to this. Might move on. It's perfect. In Don't fact, you worry, though, that if you take it in a bag, it's going to get bashed around and that... Yeah, embossing is going to come. That's off. what's happened to my suitcase one already, mm. and it's that's what happens to these tins. It's but I do happens. have a. Do you remember the crayon one with the little yes. wheels? Yeah, I've got that. I've got a little one that has all Japanese snacks on it, a box one as well, nice. with a magnetized lid. I'm into them. Sorry, I don't know if anyone can hear this at home, but I'm shrugging. He's shrugging. His whole face is doing the whole Paul shrug. Everybody, do the shrug. So it's all, it's all down to you now. I'm going to sit back and enjoy this chinotto. Right. In that case, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a kind of proto charity shop showcase. It is the charity shop little showcase. It's the one place where you can show your stuff. Come and come and come and come on, come. Check it out. I'm Jimmy Jim, Jimmy Jim, Jim Pavarotti. I'm the Jimmy and Pavarotti Jim Darby. I've got a Jim Darby army, and I've got Pavarotti. Shop, the little showcase. It's the one place where you can show your stuff. Yes, it's the part of the show where we go, oh, that's nice. 
I mean, not, your things were nice. They're not, I'm not saying even, they weren't. You haven't even allowed them to be included in the showcase. It's more of it a was kind more of like a oh, pre-showcase. Charity shop pre-showcase. Fuck you. You're the pre-show to well, the big Well, I'm going to have a little... I'm just sit here then. All right, but I've got, some, I've got two... So I went out yesterday to get a few things for you. Two things oh, came... Oh, for me? So, so these both... You can have both of these, none of these, one of these, do right? I get, oh, but I'll I let have, you... Can I have both? If you want, because you might not. Because one of them I was excited about, and then I listened to it last night, and I was like, hmm, I don't get this. So I'm going to show okay. you this one first. It's a vinyl. A vinyl. Say what you see. Uh, this is... <sighs> yeah, you see? Bugs Bunny comes to London. I have never seen this before. This I've is never on seen MSP, this. MSP. Got this in... Music uh, for Pleasure, Paul. Yeah. Which are very... Uh, we've discussed before. One of these budget labels. Yeah. Very prominent, though, in the uh, yeah. 60s and 70s. Anyway, I got that at the RSPCA in Watford, uh, off just off the high street. And I was excited about it because you see on the front, it's like this kind of psychedelic 60s London with Bugs Bunny looking cool on the front cover, right? The illustration style looks like Mr. Ben, doesn't it? Or yeah, something it's got like a bit that. of that. A little bit of that, but yeah. then, the, But the actual picture of Bugs himself is very much in the classic, classic Warner Brothers cartoon style. So basically, it is a story adventure of Bugs Bunny coming to London and being given a tour by a policeman. And that's the adventure. Is with licensed? With, with songs. So it has to be licensed. But basically, what's weird about it is you hear it at the beginning and it starts with a song and it sounds like Bugs Bunny. It sounds like Mel Blanc is singing as Bugs Bunny, right? You think, oh, and then the episode starts, the adventure starts. And for whatever reason, it's not his voice anymore. Because he it, didn't want to fly over. No, no, no. But it's weirder than that. Bugs' voice, like someone's doing an impression of it, but they've pitch shifted it so it's quicker and higher, like a pinky and perky thing. Yeah. Like a, yeah. And so when I was listening to it the first time, I put it on and thought, is this at the wrong speed all of a sudden for some reason? Or do I have to change the speed between tracks? But then a policeman came in and it was like, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and it threw me off audibly because it, it, it sound I don't understand. Because the voice that they have in it sounds enough like Bugs Bunny. But I feel like they've sped it up to hide the fact that you can probably tell it's not the real Mel Blanc voice. Meaning to imply that I did not believe that you were your actual Hollywood celebrity. But I am, I am. It's me. I can honestly assure you that it is I. Here, listen to this. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Well, goodness gracious, it's true. Oh, I think I've still got some time yet. It doesn't leave till 8 p.m. from London Airport. Oh, I think I've still got some time yet. It doesn't leave till 8 p.m. from London Airport. So, in the story, it's someone else, but in the songs, it's Mel Blanc singing them. There's two songs, one at the beginning and one at the end, where I London, think... Here I Am, first start of the first side, and then London, Oh London, at the end of the second. Yeah, which I think are the only things Mel Blanc's given to the album. Right. It feels like maybe they went, can you just sing this song and this song, and then we'll get a sound alike in for the rest of it. Because once the story starts, Bugs is almost secondary. There's a whole bit about cricket in that, where it's yeah. just... And he took the wicket there and he goes down there. And it's just like that for two minutes and then a really boring song about cricket. Oh, the Bugs sings. No, Bugs sings one and there's two and a half songs. I love this sort of thing. The best thing on it is a track called The Bunny Hop, which has this fucking wicked bass line. So it is a song. It's got songs and story. I mean, I can just put it on right now, Paul. I'll tell you what, let's have a little listen to it right now. What I'm going to play for people right now in the episode is the track Bunny Hop. But I'm going to let you listen to everything else right now so you can get an idea of what I've just been talking about. Wrinkle up your nose and say, what's up, Doc? Wrinkle up your nose and say, what's up, Doc? 
What a find. See, it's it's such a weird curio because you've got all these like British actors going, all right, Gav, no, and oh, I'm a taxi driver and, and it's and terrible. The, the the audio play itself, meandering and sort of feels like it wasn't rehearsed. Feels like it's unscripted, doesn't it? I mean, it, it is scripted. Apparently, I looked at the musician who did the lyrics and the composer who did the music, and they're both British guys who basically in this era worked mostly on music for pleasure stuff and wrote yeah. Rupert the Bear album or the Olymp- uh, Laugh Olympics. Essentially, but it's licensed though. Warner Brothers have said you can do this, but Merry Go Round the label within the label for music for pleasure yes. dealt solely in things like Rupert and Wendy Craig does Beatrix Potter yes. and those kind of kids stories I've right? seen you see it you see a lot of it but I've never seen that one so that's that find right great we just listened to uh, we listened to a little bit of it and it isn't weird what they do with the voice hop. Yeah, the bunny hop, which I've put into the episode, which by is the way. funky. What's that riff that's used in hip hop? It's that used in Christmas in Harlem or whatever it's called. Um, you know the one that they use in Die Hard. Mm-hmm. You know, that rap in that. Yeah. You know it has a sample in that, doesn't it? I need to actually hear it. Basically, that riff and that riff are very, very similar. So wait, I'm obviously misremembering the name. Hang on, Die Hard. No, there's a lot of songs. Christmas. In Hollis by Run DMC. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, 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 no. That's. You know, that is. It is uh, Backdoor Santa by. Um... Clarence Carter. Okay, but that Did riff sounds see? like that. Uh, uh, hello. Providing you're right, excellent. I'll backdoor prove you right Santa. Now. I'll give you fuck it. I'll show you backdoor get, Santa. Get backdoor Santa by Clarence Carter up. All right, hang on. There you go. But you agree that the riff in that in Bunny Hop sounds very similar. It's very, very similar. funky. Great find, like I say. So All right. I, I get to keep as many of these as I if want. If you want, yeah, the second one I'm going to pull out now. Are you ready for it? Close yeah. your eyes, actually, I, for this one. Oh, really? Yeah. Just, It's not horrible. Is it wet? No. Is it hard? Oh, it's Have paper. a look. It is paper. Oh, it's not paper. It's it's a Storosaurus, Paul. It's a Storosaurus. <laughs> it's a box for your cassettes. Cassettes. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> So it's Why little... do I like all this crap? I don't know, but like, it's got a place to put your, you know, the old cassettes, the old audio cassettes. It's like a soft case, yeah, soft casing, but then inside it has a rack, yeah, uh, for compact cassettes. And this is a Storosaurus, and it has a giraffe type creature wearing a walk. Well, a Storosaurus. So this must be nineties, right? Probably, yeah. It's got a nineties vibe to My it. My story, the colouring and everything. It's multicoloured. Yellows, wow, purples, pinks, greens. How much did you have to part with? Funnily enough, they both were the same price. And I, uh, I'll let you guess if you want to have a laugh. I I'll give you an honorary between for Where did it. you buy them? So they were, actually, one was bought in a North London hospice in Watford and one was RSPCA in right. Watford. It, or both in Watford, though. Yeah. So I'd say they were... Now, I'm going to give the you a little record in this with about the same price. The exact same price. Now, I will say I think they're a little bit expensive for what they are. But £2, I'll... 250 Close. £3. Yeah. I was going to say £3. Well, you didn't, Because then, but no, but I looked at this and thought £3. Yeah. But then you said the vinyl, and that is a bit much for a vinyl. But yeah. I'd pay three quid for that. 
I mean, I don't know how it's much it's going for on Discogs. You know. Oh, can I get both of these? Because I can do have, have both. Some, of them if you want cassettes that I need to it's put in here. It's a Mikasa Sukasa. So if you want both and you're going to use both, then you can have both. I do need to put some cassettes in here. The Storosaurus. All right. Well, there, there you go. That's my Mikasa Sukasa charity shop showcase. For this week. Do you like it? Yeah. Good, wasn't it? It was very good, yeah. Better than your shit, but you fucking walrus wank and your kid's tin box. You have to then, you have to just, no, that's, this is how you do I'm peacocking. You it. This is, put my arms at everyone and I'm peacocking. Talking of characters, Paul. No, Hello? No, 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 no. I'm Dr. Spotlight. No. You're feeling under the weather, are you? Well, here you go. Tell a few jokes in front of this crowd of 100 people. I don't go. have any jokes. Yeah, you Where's fucking don't, do you? How truth come from mouth. I'm sorry, who am I talking to? Me. Yeah. You're talking to me now. <laughs> no, he's present. As soon as he gets his fangs in, he, he arrives. Now. Then. Ernest. Yeah. Scungeness. Right. He wants another chance, basically. He's, All right. He's he been in contact later. because you said there was that particular aspect when he, he mentioned that later. other thing he did. Yeah, you can come back later and, and he do wanted, it then. Um, yeah, he wanted to have another no, go. No, I'll keep it secret until later in the because show. Because you, you haven't got anyone. I do, actually. You've got someone I do, for this week. I do I'm have going to interview. In. Yeah. I'm interviewing them. Yeah, they were, they were coming in a bit later. You're quite. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And it's not Dr. Spotlight. Well, I hope He's already bedded in now. I like him. bedded shit. He's coming through the back way. He's a pretend he fucking exists. What's that? You've got a bit of touch of the flu? Why did you do Hamlet in front of a crowd in Shakespeare Town? Just the on-the-noseness of that gag. It's, it's beyond word shit, Paul. Is it's it? beyond word shit. Is it? <laughs> did you like mine better than yours, though? No. I like lunchboxes made for children. And that's Don't clip end. that. Well, that's <laughs> what I'm going to be using out of context for the first few years of your suspended sentence. Right. So, ha, ha, ha. it's now time to finish this segment with Paul reigning supreme and move on to the next segment of Cheap Show. And that segment <laughs> is a segment all about books. And I've segmented the segment into segments so we can take a look at each book each and then Eli can guess at the end the prices of the books. Officer, officer, don't try and apprend them. They've got a hairy addendum. No, you can't even fucking do that. Appendendum. Right. What's it called? Addendum, addendum. I've got a hairy addendum. Yes. Bollocks. Right, suspend them. Spend your bollocks. <laughs> Context brackets. Hello. Hello. Uh, hello. Are we beginning to lose? Uh, hello, I am a doctor. Hello, doctor. Uh, doctor... Papa. Dr. Papa. Come on, let's get this going. Dr. Papa what? Uh, I'm Papa Dapper Dum Dum. Right, so <laughs> nothing then. I'm a Papa Dapper Dum Dum. Eh? Doctor Addendum. No, no. Papa doctor Addendum always comes no, in at the no, end with no, a little I'm bit to add on the end. Not a real doctor. I'm going to do it then. Hello. Hello. Hello, I'm Doctor Addendum. I'm Papa Dapper Dendum. And I want to just add something to the end of what you just said just then. <laughs> oh, I'm, but I'm not Papa Dapper Dendum. Can I just add something to that, please? A little bit of things. <sighs> See, on the nose, and we never, we never reach a truly surreal moment because you have to tie all this literal. Yeah, we're just in. saying Papa Dapper Dendum. I think it's that's just, pretty funny. It's, well, it's not, though, is it? I'm Papa Appadendum. <laughs> See, now it just sounds sad. Now it sounds like sad. the last weird I am bar. sad. Yes, I'm unhappy. Are. We're I'm all an unhappy person. I'm unhappier. I won the sads. Here we go. Here comes the real Liverpudlian. That's good. No, it's not. It's not. None of this <laughs> is good, Eli. Objectively, none oh, of this is good. I've got a new suit on. Yeah. And I'm a father. Yeah. Papa Dapper Dendum. <laughs> Dapper. Dapper. Dapper Dendum. Please press the button. I'm not. I'm never going to press the button again. Are we doing the books? I don't know what we're doing anymore. We're looking at books. What time is it? What time is it, Eli? We're talking like old men. You just have not... You don't know how to have fun anymore, okay? I I know how to fun. 
You do not know how to have fun I anymore. I have fun all the time. I don't. You don't, I don't, do I've you? never had fun. So try, in this moment that we have, these fleeting moments that we have to share with our listeners. don't know when they'll be our last. Exactly. So let's have fun. So when I say something like papadapadendum, just go blah, 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 or something. No, do I'm the not mouth, do that. Do That's the mouth the thing. No, do the mouth I thing. I do the mouth thing as and when I think it's necessary. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It is the charity shop, the little showcase. It's the one place where you can show your stuff. Why, it's Paul's Page Turners. You're going to love the segment. It's Paul's Page Turner. Oh, why did I have to use the word fucking segment to rhyme? What rhymes with segment? Pavement. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Welcome to Paul's Page Turners. I went out and got uh, a few books in a charity shop, uh, all in Watford. I went to Watford. Everything's Watford-based. Watford isn't actually inside London, you know that. No, that's true. Sorry, I take that back. You've got, got books. Three books. Um, we're going to start with least interesting to most interesting, I think, in this instance. Now, this first book was fascinating because I saw it and I was like, wait... I think I had this as a kid, but the one I had was a hardback. This is a paperback version. Okay. And there's nothing, you know, I think we've covered these people a few times in the past, but I wanted this book because it was a beautiful thing, so I'm going to show you it now. Okay. He's it built it Silverman. up. Oh, oh it's um, glossy, like a glossy. It's a Morecambe and Wise special. It's a Morecambe and Wise special. By Eric and Ernie. Apparently. Mm. I don't think they wrote two words in it, but I don't know. I've never seen this. This is very much the format that the um, Monty Python books were put out in. And goodies. The goodies had a few books similar to that. It's like a reinforced magazine sort of format. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of like like that. Uh, like a paperback annual. It's a paperback annual. Oh, it's the paperback type... annual. It's the type of thing where, like, Empire Magazine would do a special on a certain subject, and they yeah. give you something like this. Yeah, it's got a fold out of Eric and That's Ernie. very much Monty Python. They had all those little sort of formal things that they used to do yeah. with the print run and playmate of you know, the like letters week. that would uh, fold out and stuff yeah. like that. You know. So you meant to think, oh, are you going to see Morecambe and Wise's big dicks? Oh yes. And you don't. It just ends up being it them upside down, them, yeah, like a playing card. That's not very funny, is it? No, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's, I've always found these kind of things interesting because effectively they have to distill the visual and comic language of a double act into the written form. And it's like, well, how do you do that? And a lot of it is kind of like the Python book where it's spoofed, recognisable things that people would read in magazines. Yes, day, like, for example, like a crossword there is in there, a yeah. crossword, all different spoofs of different sort of things you'd have in magazines, like you say. Interviews, fake interviews sports there's like there's like a play in there and there's some photographs and actually quite a comic strip yeah comic strip as well which is almost a bit sort of visy and it's, it's it quite, is very viz like actually yeah. you're right that's quite nice actually there's a few pictures in it of them i wonder if eddie braben wrote any of this because eddie braben was the guy who famously wrote with eric and ernie and developed their very particular style for the bbc and did he write with anyone else yeah i mean i can't remember off the top of my head who other famous double acts i don't want to get it wrong but he is well known i used to have one of his books about the autobiography of his life that he wrote and he never um never performed i don't think so i think he was always just a writer but he was the guy who basically came up with the idea of malcolm and wise sharing a bed and living together like a married couple and forming that whole completely cemented their legend in the um well in the minds minds of the nation yeah on saturday it was like kind of heartwarming to see them act like a kind of married couple in many all those clip shows that's what everyone talks about those those sketches when they're in bed together don't they yeah but what was great about those segments it was like they weren't like sketches they were like get to know these as like sitcom characters almost yeah 
Yeah. Which is why famously that scene where the fire engine goes past the window right before he gets into bed, Eric Morecambe says, well, he's not going to sell many ice creams going at that speed. All uh, that stuff comes from there. Oh, I thought that was a um, like a line that people had actually come up with at gigs sort of thing. No, that's an old Morecambe and Wise line. Yeah. For, that Eddie Brayburn probably wrote. Um, I'm trying to find a writer for this. And I honestly can't see where it says written by. Weird. It, it is copywritten to Eric Morecambe and Ernie Wise. Or Ernest Wise. 1977, this book came out at the height of their powers at the BBC. And when did they move to ITV? Oh, mid-80s, I think. Like, oh, 84. Way past their heyday, then. Yeah. Uh, there's a wonderful jokes page here. The worst puns in the world. Read it to me. I'm just not very tall, said Ernie shortly. Shortly. Oh, yeah. Three new plays to write this morning, said Ernie playfully. Playfully. Ernie, I'm going to break you into two little pieces, wise cracked Eric. Cracked. I hate fishing, he carped. Carped. I've lost the new job, he said, disappointed. I don't get that one. Appointed. Uh, you appointed oh, yeah. your job and you were disappointed. Oh, yeah. oh, Eli likes that one now. <laughs> I don't like that Don't one. let that bull near me again, said the matador, cowed. Cowed, he was cowed. Anything in the honours list, asked George, peering, hopefully. Peering. I then grabbed my parachute I I mean, I and jumped, ha- he explained. Plane. X-plane. X-plane. Exit plane. I can't bear much more of this, just to let you know, Paul. I can't actually handle uh, much I've more I've just come in my pants, he ejaculated. That wasn't there. It is. It says here, Ernie says, I've just come in my pants, he ejaculated. <laughs> it doesn't say it that. It does. There. It says, Ernie came in his pants. It does not say that. And then Eric says afterwards, oh, you've come up short again. <sighs> see what I mean? Because he's it's... tiny and he's covered in ejaculate. Can we see what the next book is? I mean, that's uh, good and all, but please, can we see what the next book is? Have we uh, done 10 minutes on this yet? There's a little bit of history from them with uh, like pictures of their old posters when they used to do the... Uh, End of the peer shows and things. I just never found them. Yeah. What do you mean? The great Eric Morecambe and Wise. They're just not that funny. Yeah, just fuck off. Just fuck off. <laughs> Come on, mate. What do you mean they're not funny? I just never. It never tickled me. I, you know who I find funny more funny than that? Little and large. You're a little and no, large no, stan, aren't you? I wouldn't say that. Benny Hill. Oh, mate. Not the bits where he's chasing women around. Just the bits where he's slapping old men or I chasing other like the women around. I do like the one the guy on no, the head. No, you like slapping bald men. You've made that very obvious. And yeah, they, I don't know. I like it. No, it is a song, nice thing, Paul. There's the lyrics to Bring Me Sunshine. And, to and, be honest, it's a nice thing. And a lot of effort went into it. You can't imagine a publication based on whatever, 10 out of 10 cats or something. Yeah, exactly. Have, having that much care put into the production. No. You used to, in the 90s, you did get your fair share of good comedy tie-in books. Like, I know Fist of Fun had a really good one. Yeah. and You don't see them anymore. Perhaps they no. still do do them. I don't think they do, though. Not really. It's not the same thing. Usually it's a Mrs. Brown's boy's load of shit and it's obviously just farmed out. But, you know, that's the first book in okay. Paul's page turners and Eli will have to guess the price a little bit later. Okay. But let's move on to the next Paul's page turner. <laughs> you know me. I like looking. I like Fast uh, Forward magazine. I like all that stuff. And when I saw this, I had to get it as well. So, Eli, what is it? Uh, he's handed it to me. Very similar format to the first book. Yeah, they're all kind of similar, apart from the third one. This is Smash It's it... Yearbook 1985. Yeah, it's an annual, uh, paperback annual, glossy, with all the characters and stars of 1985. It's the year the 80s broke. What the when it when it's hymen burst. What? Why talking about hymen burst? What does that even mean? <laughs> but that's when you lose your virginity if you're a woman. Yeah, you, but, yeah, but we're not obviously that doesn't relate to this, no, does it? No, it doesn't. And you shouldn't have said it. I didn't I, I didn't, <laughs> didn't say it. 
I didn't say it, did I? <laughs> no. I mean, you're in charge of the edit. Yeah. Hyman Burst. <laughs> oh, look how, how much... Look at the oh, back. Oh, no, I'm Hyman Burst. How, look on the back. How much do you think it is? <laughs> <laughs> you can't see, listener, but the back is got a huge... Uh, £2.50 written yeah, on you it. can't miss it they must have been proud that it was only £2.50 I mean I mean, £2.50 was probably a little bit costly at the time but something still. like this now would be a £10 e- yeah easily at, at least at £10 least. if not more it would be more probably £13.99 maybe £14.15 <laughs> I don't know it would be a 99 I've seen 20 Really? I have. I've seen similar kind of things in like Double in H. Smith's. Way. Yeah. yeah, it's always fucking Double H. Smith. I remember it? that ghost hunting book I bought at the airport just for something to rewire with the plane. And that was like, I think, $9 or something yeah. fucking. And that's. No, it was more. It, it was, was a like lot. $15. It was expensive, or something, and I yeah. did regret buying it because really? it was full of nothing. Yeah, but at least you, you know. You... I had something to read yeah. while I was playing Goose Game you as well. You played Goose Game a lot. What's on the cover? Wham. Wham. Boy George. Boy George. Tracy Ullman. Tracy Ullman, because she was releasing an album at that time, wasn't she, with songs on? Uh, there is a photo of... Who's that? Guy from Duran Duran. I met him when I was supposed to meet Freddie Mercury, me and Virgil, in the studio. Oh, Did I tell you that wa- story? No, imagine wanting to meet Freddie Mercury and then just meeting that guy from Duran Duran. Le Bon. What's his fucking first name? Simon Le Bon. Simon Le Bon. Yeah. So, yeah, that had come down. It was bad. So, we wait, weren't into so Duran Duran. Set it up then. Tell me why you were nearly going to meet Freddie Mercury. So this is what, 80, 80s story yes. then? Right. Probably around this time. Maybe. 85. Maybe a bit later. All right. I would have been post, 10. Post Live Aid? Uh, no. No. Okay. It was pre-Live Aid. It's well, very hard to say. Anyway, but doesn't I matter. do have this, remember- this memory. Give us your remembrance. Virgil's dad was recording in a studio in London. And as you've mentioned briefly before, Virgil's dad, your best friend, he was in Yes. Yes. Steve Howe of Yes, the guitarist yes. of Yes. And he just, we were going to meet Freddie Mercury. This was going to be our treat because it was like a treat when he he took Virgil to the studio. Anyway, right, okay. it was a big deal. Virgil loved it. He right. loved going to the studio. Well, of course you would, though. That, you I... get to go to the green room and hang out. They often had like a pinball machine in there. Right. You know what I mean? Drugs. And you get no, 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 a lot of drugs and alcohol. You know, you can see why that yeah, appeals to a kid. Yeah. No, it appeals to a kid to hang out in a studio. Yeah, well, especially like the, it's busy and everyone's being creative and there's and a it, vibe. Yeah, I get it. So why would have, why was Freddie Mercury going to be there then? Was he recording something with Queen or helping out with Yes? He was recording with Queen. I think the I think the um, the connecting tissue here is Trevor Horn. Oh, like most Horn, things in the eighties, yeah, yeah, exactly. But Horn was a fr- is a friend of Steve's, Steve House, and obviously was in Yes, and was in Yes briefly. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, but yeah, uh, Simon Le Bon turned up instead of Freddie Mercury. Oh, I know. Maybe my whole life story could be different. Probably unlikely. No, nah, well, it depends. Simon Le Bon, to be fair, was perfectly nice, but did was a bit like, oh, who's these two fucking kids? Some fuckers' kids. Because I came in to do a fucking. Steve rail was obviously of like, oh, coke. Simon, could you just do me a favour? Because I got my son here. And I said that you know, like Freddie Mercury, and you know, yeah, he's a, he was a terrible addict, wasn't he? Simon yeah, Le Bon. So that's what I'm saying. Also. Duran Duran, I just think, are a bit overrated as bands of that era ago. Okay, that's it. Don't oh come dear. at me. Anti, anti Duran Duran, anti Morecambe and Wise. I know. I'm, I prefer Morecambe and Wise to Duran Duran. Well, yeah. Next to Simon Le Bon on this Smash Hits yearbook 1985 is the whole of uh, Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Yeah. There we have Howard Jones. Yeah. And is that Fun Boy 3 at the bottom? Or it could be Thompson Twins. It's Thompson Twins. Let's have a little look. Because wasn't Howard Jones in Tom- Fun Boy 3? No, he wasn't. No. Yeah, I think that's Thompson Twins. Thompson Twins. Yeah. Because they were huge at the time. And inside, literally, it's not too dissimilar to a looking magazine annual. There's some cartoons in it. Of based you on mean comic strip, you mean? Comic strips, yeah. yeah. The Year in the Life of the Culture Club. Oh, wow. Andrew Ridgely in his pants. He was a big sex symbol, wasn't he? 
I he's got very hairy legs. I don't see it myself. But Andrew yeah. Ridgely, 20 questions. Are you good at telling jokes? Only if I concentrate, he it, says. It, he was always like, please, get me out of here. I don't like it. What would you do if you weren't in Wham? Well, it's 85. You'll find out next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good, good. Um, he uh, famously did... He he split them up, didn't he? Or did um, George Michael was just... His star was so ascendant that they kind of fell apart, I think. But if There's ha- been a story about it. There's been a thing on Netflix, hasn't there? Wow. Yeah, yeah. Not that into them either, I have to say. Not for me, really. But you do watch some of those early performances, George Michael performances, Paul, and you have to hand it to him. He was a he was a class act. Yeah. George Michael, dance, singing, you know, the whole thing. Funny, deal. look at this. It says, if I hadn't met George, well, our percussionist said I'd still be the best-looking bus conductor in London. He was a bus conductor. I mean, maybe. I don't really know. You don't get those anymore, do you? No. Do you hate being criticised? Is George bossy? Can you speak foreign languages? Weird mix of questions. What O and A levels have you got? What was the first record you bought? His favourite is Mud Rock. By Mud. His first album was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. His first single was Popcorn or Wig Wham Bam by The Sweet. Yeah. Morrissey, 20 questions. Don't give a fuck. Oh, dear. I've never liked Morrissey anyway, regardless of him as a person. I hate, hate the sound of his voice. Really? Hate got, it. Don't you admire some of those Smith songs? No. I have, love, I have no love or gonna real get, hate. We're going to get hate from everyone on this. There's Tracy Orman. And there's a there's a calendar in the back when songs were released and stuff. All right. What's the third book? Uh, hang on. I'm going through it, you cunt. And they talk about how to record a Duran Duran album. Anyway, that's that book. Uh, I'm going to have to give that a proper read, but I quite like that. I, th- I thought it was interesting now, that you get a Now, were all of three of these books bought at the... So there's Michael Jackson in there as well. We yeah, mention. Michael Jackson. <laughs> Your new LP, Thriller, is out in Britain. Are you pleased with it? And he goes, is it out already? I've got a copy. In the stores? Yeah, it's about to be. Are you pleased with it? Oh, yeah, I'm pleased with it. Paul, if you're interested in Michael Jackson in that era... Apparently, there's a documentary about the making of uh, We Are The World, which has some great footage. Yeah, but that's a horrible fucking song, and I hate it. No, but it's like a proper behind-the-scenes stuff. Apparently, it's very interesting. Why did you choose the title Thriller? You like movies a lot. I love movies, all movies, but I don't like scary movies. Why not? I can't sleep after watching one. It scares me. What a strange man. Yeah, that's not exactly the most cutting edge opinion of him. Always like he was actually sort of like putting across this image of infantilism. You know, what kind of people offered you songs for the album that you didn't expect? I heard there was one by Stevie Wonder you rejected. Stevie had one which was good. It was a good song, a danceable song. What was its name? And then he goes, I don't know. I don't know. What a no, great interview. That in. <laughs> <laughs> kept that in. I thought we were going to get some juicy stuff about which song was dropped from the album by Stevie Wonder. It's like, no. What nothing. album? I mean, Thriller just came out thriller. at this point. Wow. And it's a really big, long interview. And it looks well, like it was legitimate. It was the biggest thing. It was bigger than any of those British acts, wasn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the time. I dropped. like listening to Paul McCartney's early solo stuff a lot. Of course, it does have his collaboration with McCartney on it. Yeah. Do you like groups like Human League and Soft Cell? Yeah, but I like Beatles. All right. What's your favourite Beatles song? My favourite Beatles song is Paul's favourite Beatles song. What's that? (laughs) Yesterday. It always touched me the most. I love it. Do you think anyone's come near the Beatles' songwriting quality? Yeah. Holland, Dozier, Holland. Who are the main songwriters at Motown? Or the most famous? Yeah. There was several um, classic songwriting partnerships at Motown, though, at the time. Including Ashford and Simpson. Yeah. You know them? Solid. Yeah. Solid, Solid as, as a rock. rock. And, then and it- also the other really famous songwriting partnership, Whitfield and Strong, Barrett Strong, Norman Whitfield. He's not a very good interviewer, this guy, Michael Jackson, is he? 
Do you like Elton John? I like Elton John. What do you like about him? His image. He's good. I like his good songs. We're good friends. He what is. other English bands do you like? I like Black Lace and Russ Abbott. Atmosphere is a dance floor banger. He doesn't say that. He does. You're lying. He does. He does not Agadoo say that. Agadoo is a... I nearly... I rejected Stop Agadoo. Stop making up... I rejected Agadoo from Thriller. Stop putting words in that dead legend's mouth. I'll do what I want. You won't. <laughs> Black Lace are the best. Oh, we are now literally doing fucking Keith Lemon shit. Yes, we are. Now for the third and final sake. book. <laughs> right, last book. Now, I found this in a off-the-beaten-track charity shop that I'd never been to in Watford before. It's kind of round of a corner round by the uh, off-the-main-strip of the shops that's up there. And I saw it and I went, oh, is that the book I'm thinking of? And it wasn't. But I'll let you explore it. I think this is super fascinating. I even showed this to Stuart Ashton. Now, Paul, you lied. This is a hardback book. I did say hard, this, that was a hardback. Earlier in the episode, I said all of these are the same. Oh, apart from the third one, which is a okay. hardback. I didn't listen to you then. I know. Sorry. Nor did I listen to you just then. Don't know what you said. I don't know what you're saying What now. are you I saying right now? What's going on? Where am I? I'm alone. I'm, I'm alone all alone in, in that box of my dreams. Who am I? Where are my dreams I, on my box? There's a box of roses. I have panties. Do I wee? <laughs> Uh-huh. Do you, we? I, I have know. toilets. Do oh, I? Boo. What is it? This is. It's a book. A book. About. Can I have, use my own words to do this, please? If they are real words, yes, you can. <laughs> the book's called, Paul, Conundrum, and a detailed illustration on the cover depicts a wind vane. Is that what they're called? Yes, a I believe you can get away with that. Uh, of a man digging is is portrayed in silhouette in this the metal of the wind vane. Yes. And it is the Cadbury's Creme Egg Mystery. Yes. Written by Don Shaw, illustrated by Nick Price. And there's a sticker, nice original sticker still on this, which is nice that no one took this off. Note to readers, all 12 eggs have been found. Oh, yes. so this is like... Masquerade. But it's exactly lot. like Masquerade. And it's the same art style, similar art style to so, Masquerade. Masquerade came out in 79. I think this was mid-80s. But effectively, it's the exact same thing. It's a book of poems and short stories, fairy tale-like. But each one is a location to a hidden... Solid egg. gold cream egg. Yeah. Now, like when that. you found the egg, you didn't find an egg. You found a certificate. And you would take that to London and give it to the people who'd made the egg. And they would give you the egg in response. But Ooh. there was a 13th egg which was never released as part of the book. It was a promotional thing. But that went on sale two years ago in uh, an auction, and it went for £70,000. Wow. So it was like a Fabergé egg, but in the cream egg. I mean, I can see it one here. Yeah. And it's a very lovely thing, the egg. You know, yeah. look, with sort of gold filigree. Yeah. Um, all moulded and stuff. Now, there was, a little bit of, there was a little bit of controversy with the Masquerade book because it's alleged that the person who eventually found it had some insider knowledge. And the main prize... We should prize, explain, for those that don't know, Masquerade was an illustrated book that came out... About, by a guy called Kit Williams. Kit Williams. Well, I had a copy, mm. and it was... The whole thing was a, a treasure hunt riddle, a, a mystery, yeah. an enigma. What do you call it? I don't know. It's like it a treasure a, hunt riddle book. Riddle book. Yeah. Um, and so if you deciphered all of these beautifully detailed paintings that he'd done, uh, full of information and clues and weird little yeah. codes and stuff, but it eventually then led... you would find a massive piece of jewellery that he'd also made as well, yeah. depicting hairs and so forth in gold. Very, had... uh, very pagan almost, right? Yeah. It was very old yes. English pagan. Yes, kind of very design. much the countryside and all of that. Cool, basically. A bit folk horror-y. Yeah, know? so interestingly enough, though, the prize was discovered eventually. However, 
there was a scandal. In 1988, the Sunday Times printed a story that accused the winner of the masquerade contest of being a fraud. Ken Thomas, quote-unquote, was revealed as a pseudonym of a man called Douglas Thomas. Thomas's business partner, John Gard, was the boyfriend of Veronica Robinson, who had previously been a girlfriend of Kit Williams. Gard allegedly convinced Robinson to help him win the contest because they were both animal rights activists and he promised to donate the profits to the animal rights cause. Uh. I guess that didn't happen. The Sunday Times alleged that while living with Williams, Robertson had learned of the approximate physical location of the hair, which is the necklace thing, and remained ignorant of the proper solution of the book's main puzzle. So then he found it, given a crude sketch, and then submitted it, saying, is this roughly where it is? And Kit was like, yes, you found it. But then allegedly it turned out that he hadn't really found it. Oh. Just a rough estimate. But it has of where been it was. dug up now. Yeah, I think so it's even been like sold that. on auction a few times since. Oh look, what's uh, the book called again? It's called Conundrum. Uh, I'll read a bit of the blurb, Paul. Yeah. In 1983, Cadbury commissioned Garnard the Crown Jewelers to create 12 golden eggs yeah. for Conundrum, the Cadbury's cream egg mystery. Each one is 22 karat gold. Each one uniquely and exquisitely enamelled, and each one contains at least eight ounces of gold. Okay, so th- that's why it goes for so much because there's a sort of Market price of the amount of gold, you see? Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Although they were real, they're like made by a master jeweler in London, yeah, you know, they said and they look very beautiful. Garnard, things. the crown jewelers. But weirdly, to advertise cream eggs, it's, it's effectively a big advertisement for cream egg. But do you think they saw ha- the huge hype at the time and buzz around? Um, yes. Probably. Probably Masquerade. exactly where they got it from. And they said, let's do one of those. Because think but about then, it. But how much money Cadbury got to, to well, a lot. splash around to make these e- eggs? Well, those eggs, I think, were like a couple of thousand pounds each just to make. Yeah. It makes sense to some extent because there's a sense of, oh, an, an Easter egg hunt, a treasure hunt. There's like a, it fits thematically with the products, yes. And I like the fact that rather than it being one prize, there are 12 to find across the UK. Yeah, that's cool as well. It's, it demo- democratises it somewhat. Um but the little, it's great that you have the, the sticker on this. Note to readers, all 12 eggs have been found. So, I mean, how much did they knock off the price? But it's like that board game where it's like, if you can solve this board game, you can win a million pounds. No, and then every, you can't anymore. But every reprint says the price has now yeah, been yeah. solved. Um, there's a website called the Armchair Treasure Hunters Club, and they have pages dedicated to breaking down the solutions to these. It says here it was a book for Cadbury's Cream Egg, illustrated by Nick Price, written by a guy called Don Shaw, who basically wrote short fiction stuff. This is kind of unusual for him to okay. write a puzzle book. The 12 paintings... Paintings and accompanying verses contain clues to the whereabouts of 12 curated caskets. These caskets contained a certificate of ownership with a telephone number, which the finder then called to claim the exquisite 22 karat gold egg created by Gerard, the crown jewelers. Each egg had a retail price of in excess of 10 grand. Yeah. Crazy. Because it breaks down every single clue now. So you know where to... Oh, so you can look at look through So it. you can now look up and go... I actually really like the paintings in there, the... The kind illustrations. Of yeah. They've got this sort of egg-shaped uh, motif running through it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Don't they? Yes. Uh, every picture is egg-shaped, has an egg shape in it. So yeah. It, that one is like trees framing a guy on a little donkey. Well, Professor Egghead. Oh, it's Professor Egghead. And there's Egghead. a story that goes with it, and at the end of the story, it alludes to where one of those eggs is. But similarly, like we were saying with the, the Morecambe and Wise, the amount of effort and work that's gone in to producing this thing, this similarly, like you can't imagine like a company like Bothering to do this. doing something like this at all now, can you? I would, it'd be interesting to see how successful this was as a campaign. There's not much on it online other than the bare basis of the fact that this book existed and you can buy it and there's this website. Tell you what, there was just too much money sloshing about in the late 20th century. 
well, wasn't there? But it's at just the same time, sloshing about. But I at mean, the same time, this is kind of quaint compared to some of the things they do these days. It's like, with a fucking jet plane or whatever with tabs and shit, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and more thoughtful and good. I'm not saying I hate it, but I just think that just the sort of, how could you justify this as a business but helping I the bottom I line as I an advert? You know? But I wouldn't know the first thing about solving these. I like puzzles and I like logic puzzles and stuff, but these are so kind of obscure. Because basically, I've just very quickly read the solution to this one, Professor Egghead. And it says, he's on a journey to a town and he passes certain villages. And you think, all right, so it's on that route. These are real places that exist. But then it says, but you have to also look at the picture because the picture will give you clues as to where abouts in these villages you should go right. and what visual signifies so there's levels for. of uh, geographical accuracy going down. Yeah. So then it says, like, the road between Cardigan Village and the next village called Old Warden Town forms an avenue. And as one of the journeys towards the latter village, there was a farm gate on the right-hand side, similar to the one in the illustration. These two are the opposite sides of the road, so you have to look in the opposite direction to find where the trees are in reality. And the second tree marks Professor's destination as the extremity of the picture. The casket lies at the foot of the tree. I wouldn't be able to figure that out. No. <laughs> but I don't know the people who did. Well, it's a big deal because it's quite a, quite a big prize, I guess. So they want to, don't want to make it easy. Yeah. I just find it interesting anyway mm. that this I works. didn't know about that. Have we mentioned that? We might have mentioned it before. I saw Ashens did a whole talk on Masquerade. Masquerade. He, might, he might have mentioned that. No, when I told this to Stuart, I sent him a picture. He's I not said, heard of this. I, I literally said, oh, you've probably heard of this, but look what I found. He went, holy shit, I've Amazing. never seen this before. Amazing. That is easily my favourite item of your books, Paul. Now can I play Price of Shite on it, please? Wait, there is a Daily Mail article, which is unfortunately the only article that seems to exist on the internet talking about this story. Right, okay, quick, 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 quick thing then. I've just done some research now. It was very successful, the campaign. However, there were problems. It led to a lot of people breaking onto private property and digging up land. So they had to call off the treasure hunt because of complaints from landowners. So only a few eggs were legitimately found. And the 13th one, the most expensive one, was never actually meant to be discovered. It was a promotional yes. thing. Uh, and that's the one that went for a lot of money. Cadbury's called the whole thing off and removed the last few undiscovered eggs due to an over-enthusiastic response from the public causing havoc across the countryside. <laughs> Crazy. So let's now do the price of shitey bit. Did you like that book best? I like that book best. How much best? I know you're clock watching, so I'm dragging this out now to piss you off. <laughs> Let me have a quick long look at this story. Oh, the Isle of Man egg was the 12th egg. Oh, I'll give you the 12th egg. I'll give you an Isle of Man 12th egg. I'll give you a distended addendum. I will give you an extended addendum. Extended addendum, addendum on my face. In your face. Right. You, a officer, can you apprehend them when they're swinging there? Here addendum. Ooh, I can't comprehend them. Shut Fuck up, you <laughs> fucking idiot. We're moving on. No, you, no! Right, Mr. Silverman. It's wrap-up time, but also a quick price of shite time. So, I'll give you a clue, right? Two of these books have the same price. One of them don't. So you're only really looking for two prices. Two prices in total. Two prices. So, start with Morecambe and Wise. How much do you think it is? Uh, all in Watford. Not all in, the, in all in the same shop? Uh, no, three different shops. Three actually. different shops. There's a lot of charity shops up there. It's isn't more there? than I remembered. Loads of them. Great yeah. place to go charity really shop hunting. Really good place. Just outside of London. Still Just on the Tube like, Network. On the on the on the uh, Lioness Line now they call it. Is it? Yeah. I will say. Morecambe and Wise. Two pound fifty. Two pound fifty. Smash it's book eighty five. Two 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 quid. Two quid. 
Conundrum book. £2.50. £2.50. So I think those are probably the same price and higher. Anywhere near a between? Can we have 50p either way between on this, please? Uh, if you do, that means you've got three betwings. Bam. Because I will tell you right now, Morecambe and Wise book, £3. Smash it's 85, £2.50. Yeah. Did you say that spot on? Yeah. All right, that's two betwings. That's three. And this conundrum book, £3. Thank you very much. So £3, £3, £2.50. Nice. So I'm going to give you I'm going to give you four betwings and all. Betwing, 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 betwing. Thanks, And that's Paul. Cheap Show for this week. No, but I need to, if you want to send them in. Can you get them while I'm doing the admin? I'll just do the admin very quickly. I don't know who I'm getting, though, Paul, because it's your turn to oh. do the character. This week, unless you want Terry three times again, um, (laughs) it's earnest. But you know, hang on, hang on. I just brought him through now, right? Because I've got, I've got things to do as well, Paul. And I need to. I'd like to be involved. Amanda, can you send through? There's no Amanda. Can you send through? Do you want me to go get him, Paul? Amanda, send them up. There's no Amanda. That's be another character now. I'll just ask. they're, They're waiting outside, right? I'm sending in your character. Oh dear. Fuck's sake. Bring in the next character then. Hello. Hello. Oh, that's me. Yeah, thank you. Come up. Here he comes. There oh, hello, see. Yakida. Hello there. Hello. So, what's your name? My name's Gareth. Hello, Gareth. And I'm you're... Gareth the Ghost Hunter, so I am. Ah. And I look for ghosts. Uh, and you're looking for some in here? I've been looking for a ghost in here, I have, I uh, have. And how have you how, how have you done? Well, I get me Johnny out. Get me old Johnny Alley out. Well, is that your your PK meter? No, uh, uh, my PK meter. I can't do the accent. Hello there. Hi, I get my John... willy out and I waggle it around oh, and I that... see where the ghosts are. How does that help? Well, the ghosts, you see, are drawn to my willy. They like <laughs> the cheese. <laughs> I was when I was brought up. I have a very special gift with my willy. I see. It attracts ghosts. You see. Oh, right. I go to a haunted location. I get my willy out, and then the overall uh, 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 musty essence comes the out. Musty you see, essence. And ghosts kind of arrive around it. Fascinating. And, and uh, I'm just going to get it out now for you. And oh see no, if, that's okay. And see Gareth, if it's a haunted house. Gareth, that's okay. Um, oh, here we go. No, you don't have uh, to do that. Gareth, don't do that. Here we go, got it out for you now. Now I'm just going to wiggle it in the air. Oh, fucking hell, mate. It's quite a beefy kind of carroty thing, isn't it? I know it's... You get get used used to it after a while, don't you? It smells like someone's had a sick roast dinner. Like they've sicked up a roast dinner, hasn't it? Get this fucking guy out of here, Paul. Get out. Get out. Ah, look, there's a ghost you see now. I've drawn a ghost in. Get out. (laughs) Oh, the ghost's going to be sick. Gareth. Oh, the ghost's been sick on your carpet. So I put it away now. Please. There we go. Oh, God. Right, anyway, so I'll go now, but I'm Gareth the Ghost Hunter, see, with my stinky willy of justice. Go. Bye now. Bye. My stinky willy of spectral (laughs) justice. (sighs) So anyway, he's our new old, he's our new character. He's a, he's got legs. Uh, well, he's got a chance, Paul. But there's but that penis to, fucking stunk, man. That fucking Christ! That was like it someone was, stuck needles up my nose. Also, I just had a little glimpse of it, and it was like so furred up with gunk that it I was it glowing was a, white. Yeah. It was like white discharge. It's like that phosphorescence, isn't it? That you get on some deep sea creatures. It was bioluminescent, smelly cockheads. Yes, yes, it was. So anyway, that's Gareth the Ghost Hunter. I'm feeling strongly about him. (laughs) 
Right, that's it, Cheap Show, for this week. Go Thanks, to our everyone. website, thecheapshow.co.uk. Everything's there. Links to YouTube, links to social media. Our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Cheap Show. Extra content, extra footage, and we're recording tonight, aren't we? A night bussing for everyone. So that's exciting. Night bussing to come. Oh, I'm really oh, looking forward to we're that. We're doing a big long one tonight. Patreon.com forward slash Cheap Show. As we always like to say, give what you can, but please only if you can. Thanks, guys. And that's it for now. We'll see you next week on another Cheap Show podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye bye, everyone. Bye bye. I'm going to see if Gareth will let me lick it. No, please don't. I want to know what it tastes like. No! No! Gareth, I want to suck on your addendum. I'm I'm pressing the button. Your beefy addendum. <laughs> <laughs>